Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Analytics 101. We're doing this live today as we do every month. Last month, we were talking about dark AI silicon with AMD to talk about how GPUs are becoming more powerful but less efficient and why this is a problem. If you haven't seen this, head over to YouTube to the Video Analytics 101 YouTube channel. Look at the video. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there so not, you're not missing anything else. Today, we're talking about weapons detection, how to detect weapons with video analytics. Definitely a controversial and also very popular topic. And today, we try to get to the bottom of it. And I'm happy to have Asaf Birnzweig joining me here. He's the CEO and co-founder of vSites. Uh, welcome, Asaf. Hi. Hi, Florian. Hi, everyone. It's uh, a pleasure uh, actually being here and uh, share uh, some of our knowledge and uh, insights in this uh, very important uh, topic. Uh, unfortunately, it become uh, important in uh, recent uh, recent months. Yes, and I think it's even, even more important to really uh, set the record straight. What is possible, what is not possible, how does it work, and uh, get a little bit of the backgrounds there. So maybe to start us off, um, Asaf, can you give us an overview what does vSites do in general and, and why is it different to other video analytics products? Yeah, so <clears throat> vSite is uh, almost a seven uh, year old uh, uh, video analytics uh, company that was established with the vision to develop a technology or a video analytics technology that not only can uh, classify objects, but uh, basically uh, our vision is that we'll be able to uh, understand live video content very similar to how humans uh, understand and interrupt uh, visual uh, content, uh, mostly with uh, computer uh, vision. With that uh, vision, we actually uh, went and uh, founded the, uh, the company. And it took us several years until we actually succeeded to create that uh, uh, that technology and that technology enable us to develop and actually introduce to the market a very advanced uh, video analytics uh, uh, capabilities and basically every capability that is required to process video in real time and in a non-control environment meaning not in a closed uh, room but in the wide uh, open uh, is very challenging uh, uh, up to the fact, up to the point, sorry, that it's become a true commercial uh, product. So our behavioral uh, analytics uh, engine uh, is capable to create such a, uh, an insight that eventually uh, provide a very high performance uh, to our uh, to our customers. I, I hope it was clear. So um, thank you. I, 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 what I what I took away and what I always found interesting is that your focus on the on behavior uh, recognition or using behavior for video analytics, and this is also the reason why I thought it's interesting to talk about weapons detection because you have a have a different approach there. All the all the solutions that I see out there usually um, try to detect weapons based on how they look like on on single images and single frames, which means you have to train it on basically every every type of weapon that's out there. And in general, it feels to me like the, um, the technology is still at the beginning when it comes to weapons detection. It's still not something that's a commodity and super easy. So uh, yeah, maybe you can tell us 
how do you do weapons detection and how does it work differently to other solutions? Exactly. Before that, I will just, you know, give like short explanation, really short. What, what does it mean behavior recognition? How it's different from everything that is out there because it's, I don't want it, it will just stay a buzzword. So behavior recognition is the ability to recognize the object behavior and the context that that behavior is actually you know taking taking place the combination of recognizing the object behavior so if we are talking about a human okay so it's not just to be able to classify human inside the video stream or some you know attributes about the, the human but basically understand the behavior of the human okay and this is how this is our engine everything that you know we are doing even um uh, recognizing a person uh, color of, of clothes, we are looking at it as a behavioral uh, feature. It's not a person with uh, just, uh, we are not trying to find out if uh, uh, that clothes is, uh, is uh, red, but we are looking at it as a person that is like wearing a red, a red shirt. Now, the essence here that we are looking on a sequence of uh, frames, not on a single frame, and also about weapons. So now let's talk about weapon. Uh, detecting a weapon is a very, very challenging, uh, challenging task uh, because a weapon, there are diverse uh, type of weapons. If we are talking about guns or rifles or or, or knife, they are first they are very small. Okay? So when a person is standing in front of the camera, they are you know, taking a very small amount of uh, pixels. And uh, you can easily confuse them. For example, you can easily confuse the gun with, uh, with a mobile phone. Now, everybody that is actually engaged in the video analytics industry knows that on top of everything, what is important for the custom, for customers, that the, the system will not be noisy. So if you would like to create a commercial product, that is basically capable to detect the weapon, you must have it very, very accurate, meaning especially in the false positive rate. Otherwise, you know, customers will not, will not use it. So we originally, when we started to develop the weapon detection uh, capability, first we haven't thought originally on the use case of active shooter, which become unfortunately again, really, really popular, but the main use case was robbery and what we found actually working uh in a large scale and when i'm talking about large scale uh, in every site we have uh, at least a couple of hundreds of uh, of cameras uh so in that kind of uh, uh, uh composition what we actually found that is working and has a very very low false positive rate is that we are not actually looking for the weapon but we are looking for the behavior and the behavior is a person that is actually holding a weapon in a threatening position. This was our initial uh, implementation before we actually uh, enhanced it to an active shooter uh, use case, which we, I can elaborate on that, uh, uh, that later. And when we actually went to that direction, then the system became very, very you know, accurate. Okay? Uh, the number of false positive was really, really uh, low. Uh, today we are talking about uh, once false positive for every 9,000 uh, detections of uh, of a person, uh, which is really good. It means uh, 
you know, in a typical site, one false alert per, uh, 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 per week. And, uh, and this is how we actually went to, uh, uh, went to the market with this kind of uh, capability because we figure out that if you will try to look for the weapon, it's, uh, again, in the outdoor, it's becoming an impossible task which create a lot of uh, noise and you cannot, uh, uh, you know, uh, shout out a wolf every, uh, every other day. Not every hour, yeah. but even every other day, it's unacceptable for uh, for the. I, I can imagine. I can imagine that it's much more likely that something looks like a weapon than somebody pretending to hold a weapon. That hardly ever happens. So I guess it's much more robust if if you really detect the behavior of um, um, having a threatening a pose or so than actually detecting a weapon. So I I yeah. find it very logical that it's more robust. Yeah, th think about it like that. You know. In, in in cooperative vision, you know, eventually you feed the algorithm with with, with data. So first, the uh, uniqueness of our system that we train the system of on video clips. Okay, now in regular implementation, uh, what is actually common in the industry when you would like to detect a weapon, you go into the image and you actually mark where there is a weapon. We actually feed the algorithm with much more data because we are you know, tagging the person plus the weapon. So there is another actually anchor for the algorithm to make more con conscious decision. So eventually it become much more, more accurate. And again, this is the name of the game in our industry. It's uh, accuracy. It's more important than what kind of features do you have, but the feature that you do sell have to perform very, very accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's let's maybe get into the use cases. Um, in our preparation, when we talked before, you um, you talked about the different use cases between robbery and active shooter. And to be honest, I never thought about it, but you're right. It's it's a completely different uh, use case, and uh, I think it's important to distinguish those also when looking for solutions. So maybe can you describe what's the difference between a, a robbery and active shooter from a, from a technical perspective and the whole setup and so on? Yeah, so there are several uh, differences. Uh, some of them are uh, technical, some of them are uh, uh, operational. Uh, uh, for example, for uh, robbery, what we initially implemented is only uh, looking for a person that is holding a weapon in a threatening position. Because, for example, if you're looking, for example, on uh, a bank, okay, a bank branch, so we didn't want to actually uh, generate alerts on the weapon that the guard has, okay? So even if he just, you know, uh, holding it in his hand for, uh, uh, for a second. So we train the algorithm to alert only when a person is holding a weapon in a threatening position. If he's not holding the weapon in a threatening position, the system should actually ignore it. And again, we did everything for the sake of accuracy because the system was deployed on hundred and later on thousands of cameras. So you need to be very, very, you know, accurate. Also, when, you when you're looking on, how, you know, when you're going to issue the, the alert in robbery, you can even send the alert after 20 seconds and it still be okay because it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a long, uh, uh, it's a long event, unfortunately. Now, active shooter, it's completely, you know, uh, different thing. Uh, first, uh, we, what we actually added to the system that, uh, uh, you know, any person that is uh, holding a weapon in any kind of uh, position, you, you need to catch it. Even if the guy is, uh, you know, 
walking out of his car, the moment that the you know weapon in his hands or the weapon is visible on, on the person, uh, you, you have to actually uh, detect it. And second, this is the most uh, challenging uh, change that we added to the system. You have to do it as fast as possible because every, every second counts, okay? And also from the far distance that you can, that will still be, still be accurate. Uh, because robbery in many cases, the person is uh, close to, to, to the camera. Uh, most of the scenarios were indoor, inactive shooter. You would like to catch the, the person uh, in majority of the cases when he's actually outdoor and as far away from the camera as you can. So we have, if you're talking about uh, the technicality, so the size of the object is, uh, uh, is different. The behavior is different, and the delay of the alert needs to be uh, smallest as, as as possible. So this is mm. totally, almost as our product uh, manager says, is totally different uh, uh, product. Uh, and uh, in the last twelve months, we invested a lot in order to uh, give also answer to active uh, shooter uh, uh, scenario, which has those. Uh, uh, unique uh, characteristic, which is very very different from how we designed the system initially. To, to me, to me, it sounds similar to facial recognition, where people just hear facial recognition and assume if uh, the system can do facial recognition, it can use it anywhere. But it's a completely different scenario if you use facial recognition to unlock your phone or check your your passport, than finding uh, millions of people in a crowd of another millions of people. It's completely different use cases. And just because the one works doesn't mean that the other works. So basically what you're saying is that just because a system or video analytics can detect weapons doesn't mean that it's usable for an active shooter scenario, right? Exactly. If it will take you, you know, I don't know, uh, 40 seconds to alert on a weapon and you will only uh, do it when uh, the person is in front of really, really close to the camera, I'm not saying it will not it will not help, but it will, it's actually much better that you will do it when the person is far away from uh, the camera. I don't know, like uh, 40 uh, uh, 40 uh, meters uh, from the camera, and you will send the alert after a few seconds, not uh, 40 seconds. So yeah. again, we would like to create a, a technology that helps as, as much as possible to uh, you know prevent. Uh, the damage that can happen with uh, this kind of an awful, uh, awful scenario. And but of course, it's even more important to understand what is what is it capable of and what what's not possible. Uh, so we make the right choices. Um, one uh, one thing I wanted to ask you: you are saying you are um, detecting or using behavior um, or the context. What does it mean in terms of performance? Um, is that do you need like bigger servers than other video analytics? And can you give us any? Typical idea how many cameras you can run a typical server. Yeah, so again, when we actually came to design a product that can uh, be sold in a uh, you know, mass market, of course, we have to look on all aspects, including uh, uh, the hardware uh, footprint. We invested a lot and still investing since, uh, uh, since day one. Uh, today, uh, our system has several uh, type of uh, configurations. Uh, we have, uh, even for the active shooter, we actually came up with a small server configuration, a server that can run four to eight streams because before, before that, and, and that server 
especially designed for like uh, for a small uh, education center for for, for schools that uh, have uh, that uh, kind of amount of uh, cameras that uh, watching the, the surrounding, they don't need to actually connect to the system, the, their entire camera uh, camera set. And uh, currently our hardware footprint is about, you know, uh, we, our system is running on NVIDIA uh, GPU. This is the technology that we chose a few years ago. And uh, so far we are uh, very happy from also from all the support that we get from uh, uh, NVIDIA and we are capable to run about between 15 to 20 streams for uh, GPU and we are using currently the uh, T4 uh, GPU. I know that there is the new A series which we are currently running in our lab but this is not uh, ready yet. I believe it will be ready next quarter but currently our recommended uh, GPU is uh, T4 and uh, basic server uh, that is uh, mostly popular is uh, with uh, two T4s. Uh, which can run again between 30 to 40, uh, 40 stream. And if we would like to translate it to, uh, to dollars, we are talking about uh, seven to eight dollars per month per, uh, per camera. So this is, this is the hardware footprint that we currently, uh, uh, that our product is currently consumed. And uh, from my knowledge, it's, uh, it's very good. And we are keep investing in and uh, every, Every uh, every half a year, we are succeeding to uh, get it lower and lower again, in order to make the total cost of ownership for our customers as lowest as uh, as possible. Okay, um, cool. So this is really um, quite a common number. I would say fifteen to twenty streams per per GPU, uh, and it's definitely uh, usable for these kind of use cases because usually you won't put it on every camera, I guess. Um, Maybe to uh, to finish off, um, can you give me your opinion again regarding active shooter detection? Uh, do you think that in the future video analytics will be um, will be good enough to use for active shooter detection? Um, do you think that this could this should or could be the only technology, or would you combine it with other technologies? Is there any recommendation you would give to end users that are looking for solutions? So. Uh... Again, active shooter uh, use case is a really, you know, a complex one, uh, you know, on the first philosophical side, you know, the best uh, solution would be, uh, you know, gun control of education, but leave that aside, considering that the event is, is happening. So to my opinion, there is no, uh, you know, one, one solution. Eventually, it's a combination of, uh, of solution. Well, you know, some of them are technological and some, some of them are, you know, operationals like we have today in schools, all those uh, drills uh, that uh, uh, the staff and, and, and students are uh, being uh, uh, trained on. And on the technology side, it, it, it will be a combination. The, the visual detection of a weapon is just another type of, uh, of safety net that uh, we, we are going to, to add and to protect our kids which is the most uh, valuable thing uh, for all of us uh, we would like to put as much as a safety net as we can so the the strength of the visual uh, recognition that it can you know uh, be applied uh, when the person is getting close you know to the to the site uh, and before we even started to do anything uh, in case we actually uh, detect the weapon in case it's uh, uh, it's visible 
and combine that with uh, smart uh, access uh, access control and we have the active uh, shooter uh, system that are working on on audio uh, this uh, all those are just additional layer of safety that we will add in order to prevent completely or mitigate the uh, the damage so i don't think there will be a one uh, one solution not technological and definitely not uh, uh, not operational but you know again if i'm thinking uh, about the root cause and it probably also will help to to deal with the root cause of that uh, that phenomena uh, which is mu much more complex from from technology yeah i, I think that uh, it's a very good closing statement that as always in our space it's really a combination of a lot of things technology is definitely not the single answer to to all of the problems it's really one one piece of the puzzle that has to be combined with standard operating procedures, with prevention, with education, with training. Uh, and technology can only be one tool how to help, but it has to be embedded into an overall strategy. And that's true for active shooters as with uh, anything else in the security industry. So really nice uh, um, final statement. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, Daf. Um, uh, that's it for this time. We're trying to keep these things short. So uh, we are trying to compress the information as much as possible. If you have any other questions, of course, you can reach out to, uh, to B-Sites and I guess to ourself as well um, uh, on, on LinkedIn or the website. Uh, we have the website, uh, I believe, in the comments as well and in the, in the subtitles. So check it out if you want to have more information. That's it for this month. We have something very nice lined up for August already for everybody who is not on vacation. Thank you for joining and uh, see you next time. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.